want to take a couple of minutes to, um, this is like a mini preach, if you like, in terms of carrying on with our series in the church. Um, we are going to invite Donna in just a moment to come and share, and we want to pray for Donna, pray for Burundi in particular this morning. Um, and these last numbers of weeks, as we've reminded ourselves that we are co-heirs with Jesus in God's kingdom, that we've been adopted into his family. And because of that, we've been given authority. That we, the church, are the dwelling place of God, you personally and us together. We're the dwelling place of God. And that we're a holy people. We are set apart for the purposes of God in our generation. And that the church is about something. That personally we've received this incredible salvation through Christ. Forgiveness of sins, adoption into God's family. Eternal life. We've become friends with God no less. That's an amazing thing. But we the church are about something in light of what Christ has done what Christ has achieved. He wasn't just simply in the business of saving something. He's reconciling the whole of creation to himself. He's reconciling a new humanity, a new tribe of people made up from every tribe, tongue, and nation as his people, his possession. A people that have been reconciled, redeemed, restored as image bearers of God, as lovers of God. And the Apostle Paul, he, he writes, and I, there's times when I read Paul, and I wonder if his hand was trembling as he penned this, or as he spoke it, and the guy that was writing it for him, I wonder if there's a sense of just the awesome fear of God, intermingled with the, with the wonder of salvation and God's purpose. And Paul says this in the letter to the Corinthians. He says, in light of all of this, in light of this salvation, Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should now no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Christ died once and for all. That we now live for him, church. We've received salvation freely. Freely he gave it all. But that we might now give it all to him. Everything. Every aspect of our life. Everything. The bits of life we want to cling on to and go, but God, please this one. Can I? No, all of it is for him and to him. And Paul says, in light of that, we now regard no one from a worldly point of view. Indifferent with selfish things going on in our hearts, just caring about ourselves. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. If you're in Christ, new creation. What an amazing thing this morning. So even when Bubba's saying, you know, the challenges and the, the things that are going on in life and they can kind of grind us down, yet new creation. 
New creation, hope. New life with God. The old has gone and the new is here. And all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Church, we have been entrusted with this thing called the ministry of reconciliation. Back in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, God gave to them the job, the task, the calling to be priests, to be a light to the nations, to serve between God and people who were lost, far off, worshippers of false gods. He tasked them as his covenant, past, uh, um, covenant partners to represent him in the world. And that was ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ, our great high priest. But now, as followers of Jesus, those who are, as Mark said earlier, in him, we are now ministers of reconciliation, and we ourselves are tasked as co-heirs, adopted this holy people, a dwelling place, with given authority, we are tasked with this ministry of reconciliation that is going out and reclaiming and calling back to God the lost things, the broken things that we represent God as God's people on earth, wherever we are, in every facet of our lives, because now we live for God alone. Once we live for ourselves and our own pleasure, but now we live for God. And so wherever you are, not just when you come together as this living stone temple that we are the church, But wherever you go, you carry the presence, the dwelling place of God. You are sent as holy ones, called out to carry the presence of Jesus, to bring the good news of his kingdom and represent him. And so God at one time, as we know, in the Old Testament, he was in the tabernacle and then in the temple. But now he is in a people, a living temple. It happened at Pentecost, the birth of the church. The spirit of God is poured out on people. You, just like you and I, and today is still being poured out on people like you and I. And so Peter says, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. As Peter says, as we've heard a few, over the last few weeks in 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen people. You need to say this to your neighbor. Sorry, it's that moment. You've got to turn to them and say, you are a chosen people. And now say it like you actually believe it. Come on. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You are God's special possession. And now you've got to declare his praises. Once you were not a people. But now, but now you're the people of God. Once you had not received mercy. But now you have received mercy. Mercy. Amen. Well done. Well done. That was good. Um, And it is our job as this royal priesthood, God's holy people, his possession to proclaim his excellencies, 
to proclaim his glory. Not just to gather and go, phew, we made it this Sunday. I mean, well done, I get that. Sometimes it's tough, isn't it? But to say, boy, we have got to now go and go and carry Jesus' presence this week, today. We are God's people. All those things we've just said are true. I, I really hope you theologically believe it. I hope you know it in your knower. I hope you get hold of that and go, that is true of me. And if you're somebody who's placed your faith in Jesus and you go, well, to be honest, I'm just kind of holding on. So that when I see him one day, I've kind of, I've got my ticket. You need to say that over yourselves until you believe it. You need to say it every day, print it off. One of those on the mirror things of this is who I am because this is what Christ has done. As earlier, I was thinking um, when Bubba was sharing that thing when uh, Thomas says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And so our job is to go and be priests, all of us. It's not, it's not a one or two people job anymore. It's all of us. We are a priesthood. We are a people who are empowered, marked out, called out by God's spirit to do the task of priesting, of going and saying to people far from God, hey, here's God and he loves you and he's for you. And there's hope, not just in this life, but in the age to come. That he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who conquered and defeated sin and death and sickness and Satan and evil. That he has overcome, that in him you have victory through Christ who set you free. That's what we get to do. By the way, can we love you? Can we pray for you? Can we help you? It's a kind of good, exciting message, isn't it, when you hear it like that? And through the church... God is in the business of restoring and bringing blessing. We're just carrying on the mission of Eden. Go and, go and subdue. Go and push out the wilderness borders back and bring the glory of God as image bearers, bringing his reign and rule. And so we're all commissioned by God, wherever we are. Yes, when we gather together, by the way. Which, Phil, I love it that you come up every week, song to and read a scripture in your broken Bible, you know, broken in the literal sense, um, which is just more hilarious as the weeks go by. I love it, but it's not like, right, that's the order of things. Any of you can come. Whenever you gather together, bring a psalm, a scripture reading, a prayer, a hymn of praise. And we are commissioned by God when we're here and when we go. Whatever your week looks like, yes, but I just do this. Well, in your just doing that, you are those things that God has said of you. You are. When you feel like it, when you don't feel like it, when you care, when you don't care, you're ministers of reconciliation. We carry the presence and the power of Jesus. And priests in the Old Testament, they surrendered everything over to God. And so too do we. Church, so too do we. The scripture that I started with in 2 Corinthians 5, it goes on to say this. Paul said, all of this is from God who reconciled himself to us through Christ and gave us this ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 
We are Christ's ambassadors. So yes, if you've put your faith in Jesus, you have received the gospel of salvation, the good news that those who are broken far from God, dead to God spiritually, can now be made alive in Christ, can be brought near because we can place our faith in Jesus who's made a new and living way. The gospel of salvation is good news to all, regardless of who you are, regardless of what you're like. It's a good news gospel. But in the Bible, and this is a bit I wanted to get to and I'm aware of time, um, the phrase the gospel is always about an announcement of the, the, the reign of a new king. The gospel is an announcement, there is a new king in town. Or in fact, there's a new king in creation. That's what the gospel is. New king alert. Whoop, whoop. Turn and do that to your neighbor. Um. <laughs> and so in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see them use this, this phrase and the idea of the gospel that Jesus went, and they talk about Jesus went about proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom. This is the gospel. It's the good news of God's kingdom. His, there's a new king, a new reign, a new rule in the cosmos, on planet earth, among a people. And Jesus said that that kingdom arrived with him, that Jesus was a messenger who brought the, king, the good news of God's reign. So if you think about it, right now, today, right now, there is conflict in Israel. This was a message that one time it was for the people of Israel. Yes, to be a light to the nations, but they were God's people. But now Gentiles, so if you're here and not Jewish, you're a Gentile. People who were outside the, the promise of God, the covenant with Israel, we've now been bought in, grafted into this promise. And God's kingdom is a kingdom unlike any other kingdom on earth. So he doesn't wage war with missile strikes and all of those kinds of things. But he comes and he surprises everybody by saying that the greatest person in my kingdom is the weakest. The one who loves the most is the one who serves the poor. He who's the first will be last. And when you have enemies, the way that you deal with it in God's kingdom isn't by attacking them and poking them in the eye, but it's to love them. It's an upside down kingdom that we have been invited into. And so this, God's kingdom is an invitation to all who are far off that you can receive. And God's, the gospel is an invitation to all who are far off that you can receive salvation from God. That you can be a friend of God. You can know him. You can have sin forgiven. Be adopted into his family. Receive the spirit. Your life is now for God, what you were designed to as a worshiper. You were designed to be that, that you have a future hope. But more than that, that's just the start. That's just the doorway of life with God. And more than that, the gospel, it calls us personally and corporately as followers of Jesus to go way beyond ourselves, out of our comfort zone, into the wilderness, if you like, into the dark and broken places as ministers of reconciliation. That we come and we love people, proclaiming this message, this good news of the kingdom of God. To keep announcing this upside down kingdom, to live it out, to tell people that they are loved by Jesus. It calls us to go beyond ourselves. And this is the purpose of the church. Until Jesus returns, this is the purpose of the church. It, gathering together, I love it. I loved it this morning. I really do love 
gathering like this as God's family in this place together, loving one another and loving Jesus. But we have been given a mission to go to the broken places, to go to the places that haven't heard this good news. You see, the church is a sign and a wonder. It is the multifaceted wisdom of God on display. The church, when Jesus says, when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, and he says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, I'm sure, I'm convinced he's teaching them to pray for themselves. Lord, through me, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I don't think it's just a Lord, you do it. I mean, it is, but I think Jesus is saying, that's, come on, that's what you've got to live with. And so, we want to call ourselves, in light of all of this, in light of this gospel of the kingdom of God, we want to call ourselves to be an apostolic, prophetic people. Living in the promises of God. The gospel itself calls us to go beyond ourselves, to unreached people groups, to the ends of the earth. It does. We've got to do something about that. It calls us to remember the poor. It's not just a the, the task isn't just get the job done. The task is on the way to love people and love the poor and the marginalized in society. That is the task. And it calls us to go there. That's a gospel thing, to seek unity. There's a lot of disunity in this world, but lo and behold, there's a lot of disunity in the church, in case you were unaware. And we are called to seek unity. It's a gospel thing. To pursue racial reconciliation. It's a gospel thing. We've got to do it. We've got to do it because we've got to be faithful to Jesus with these things. We need to be a multiplying church. That means we've got to reproduce, multiply. We've got to send and go. We need to raise and send leaders to other places and plant churches on the way. Church planting isn't the goal. But we need churches of local communities, of people who love God. All those things we said earlier, living it out in different areas. Last night we were just around Alan Sarah's. Sarah's turned 40. I just want to put it out there. Um, and it was just a little birthday gathering and when we were there charities she said to me welcome to old walcott church plant because there was a number of people from the old walcott church plant and i'm like that's exactly right that we see where we are as a place that we are meant to be being the people of god and it doesn't matter necessarily whether you gather on sunday or or not it's about being intentional and seeing yourselves we are god's church in this place so that can happen in your school in your college in your workplace in your family we're a mobilized church. That means we've got to raise and learn how to do this. I'm aware of this. There's many gifts and passions and dreams. And I'm aware, Z, we'll get you to share your story soon. I've said it publicly now. But many people like Z who are living with things of the kingdom in, of, in God, doing amazing things all over the place. And there's many more people who are living with dreams and prophetic promises. And we've got to learn how to go, come on, go do it. We're with you. We're behind you on this. It's not... I'm thankful to God for, say, families, and we want to cheer them on. I'm thankful to God for Way with Sam and the young guys and girls. We're going to cheer them on. I'm thankful to God for Night Shelter and Dawn's part in that, helping make that happen. But it's not just one or two. We've got to cheer and learn how to do all of us cheering on, saying, come on. Come on. It's time to raise and release us. That Isaiah promise, here I am, send me. It's got to be a normal thing we say around here. And we've got to be a maturing church. You see, God gives gifts to his church. He's poured his spirit out upon us. We've got to grow up in the faith. 
I, I long, I just want to put it out there, I long that when we gather together, there's just joy and freedom and worshiping Jesus and a freedom of using gifts that God's given to us to build up and strengthen and encourage one another that we go with hearts full up, stomachs full, because we feasted on God today. I, I, I love that idea, and it's not impossible. It's a church. It's what we're meant to be. And God empowers us through his spirit for this. And you know it's possible to neglect the things of God, to neglect the things of the spirit. But we want our cake and to eat it in these days. And a maturing church is a church that learns to stand firm. And I, I realize this is a whistle-stop tour, but we're the church. This is what we're about. And we need each other to do this. And so it's amazing that God has given us friends like Donna um, and others who both model and encourage and provoke us into these things, who are willing to say, God, here I am, send me, and yes to Burundi, but it could absolutely be in back into your office situation tomorrow. God, here I am, send me. But also just the privilege of standing with Donna and our friends in Burundi and just being able to be committed to people we don't meet, we don't know them personally, most of us, and just to say we're for you, we're cheering you on. I just, and the Apostle Paul's heart out of the plenty that God's given to us. I love it when the Apostle Paul does that. He puts the arm behind the back and he's like, out of the richness of what God's given to you, give to the poor. And out of the richness of what God has given to us, to be able to commit and stand with these guys financially and in prayer and cheering them on is such a privilege for us. And it's our joy. That's the point. It's our joy. It's our joy. And, and it's not just a one-way street. It's, it's a joy because it's a place of blessing because we're doing the work of the gospel of heaven as we do this.